0: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. You are watching and listening on YouTube.com backslash Wake Call DT, Facebook.com backslash Wake Up Call DT worldwide. You're also on Facebook.com backslash Live Now DT on Wake DT.com's homepage for audio as well as live internet streaming radio on Mixlr.com backslash Wake Call DT. We are inside of our Commissioner Central series taking a look at conferences all around the country and having those commissioners and executive directors give their thoughts not only on the strength and evolution of their specific conference, but on the greater picture of name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, the transformation committee, future of the NCAA, and the world of collegiate athletics as it continues to move forward. So with that being said, I am very honored and very privileged to have back here on the broadcast on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, the Patriot League Commissioner Jennifer Heppel. Always appreciate having Jennifer on. We got to feature her here uh, within the past year or so, and I'm very happy to have her back for the Commissioner Central Series. So with that being said, let's bring her in. Jennifer, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you. It's great to be back.
0: Absolutely. And Jennifer, very, you know, happy to have you you here to speak on, you know, your conference specifically, as well as the, you know, greater landscape of collegiate athletics. When I say Patriot League, you say what? How do you fill in that blank? If, if we were elevator pitching the Patriot League right now, what would you say?
1: That's a great question. And um, it it would be a long elevator ride simply because I think that there is so much to say about the Patriot League. I mean, we're we're strong, we're stable, we're united. Um, We have we have great trust in each other. I'll call it institutional fortitude and commitment to our mission.
0: And, and I, I love that, you know, the, like you said, it would be a long elevator ride, but, <laughs> but you, but you utilized a I cert- stopped
1: myself short
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> so the words that you did use here, why choose the words that you have chosen in that elevator pitch? Uh,
1: because I really do think it's reflective. I mean, there's, there is, I'm not naive. There's, there's so much going out there, on out there. Um, but... As a league, I believe we've never been stronger. It's a it's a tight knit group of presidents and athletics directors that meet regularly um, and and discuss the the topics of the day, the league, the national issues, um, and we have we have spirited debate, uh, but we also have shared values. Um, in the way that we approach athletics and the experience that we want to provide to our student athletes. And, um, you know, so while there, there are a lot of substantive issues that are going on out there and certainly our coaches are facing, um, we're, we are um, really, really confident in who we are and how we conduct college athletics and the experience that we're able to provide to our student-athletes in our communities.
0: And when you look at, you know, trying to obviously keep the focus on your conference and on making sure that, you know, you're taking care of, you know, these these communities that are within the conference in the world that we live in today and in the collegiate model that is trying to figure itself out today how do you stay true to who the patriot league is when you don't necessarily know what the nation is going to look like how do you stay true to what the patriot has always been can you keep that family i mean so to speak of if the neighborhood is changing can the household status stay the same so to speak
1: yeah it's a um you know it's a it's certainly a unique time i think the what what we rely on is trust um, and and transparency. We, as I said, we have we have good spirited debate, and one of the reasons we can do that is that we trust each other and we believe in each other. Um, and so, as a collective, I think everybody understands and respects the value that each institution is bringing to the table. You know, we started as a football league um, in 1986 and became a multi-sport conference in 1990. So, in, in overall course and time and history of you know 150 plus years of college athletics, we're newer as a league. Um, you know, we're only in our 32nd year, but we've we've been remarkably stable during that time. Um, you know, we started, we started with, I'm sort of counting on my fingers right now, but started with uh, seven schools. Um, six of those remain with us. Um, we we added one just a year later. That was Navy. Army was a founding member. And Navy remains, you know, this is now 31 years later. Um those that's that's our core, and we added you know American over 20 years ago, and about 10 years ago, two more um, in Boston University and Loyola, Maryland. So we've we've remained we've remained stable. Um, and I think that's due to trust and respect, and, and just operationally, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to run athletics. You have to play the games. You have to do championships, and you want to do that together. And we we want to we want to compete against each other.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and having this family and, and having this family stick together over this, you know, like you said, uh, thirty two years. The the majority of this, uh, having that mm-hmm. continuity And in, in the world we live in today in collegiate athletics, continuity is a fleeting thing. It's it's almost an afterthought, and in, in in some cases, there's. There's institutions that join a conference and the next year in another conference or a couple years from there, a school jumps from Division Two to Division One and moves or goes from FB, FCS to FBS and, and within a decade is, is somewhere else. When the Patriot League can be proud of its continuity and be proud of its, of its structure, really, you know, that, that foundation of, of what this conference was built on and the teams and the institutions that it was built on. When you have that consistency in today's inconsistent world, what does that do for you as a commissioner, as far as, you know, maybe the pride that you have when you go to your office and sit in your chair?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I'm immensely proud of the league and I'm, fortunate to to be able to sit in a chair um and and grateful for that opportunity uh, it's it as I said when you when you really trust and respect the people you work with even the difficult conversations are easier to have um and that's, I think that's just life, you know, the, the, the more you respect the person sitting across the table, the easier it is to, to, uh, to have open, honest, uh, challenging and difficult conversations. And it is a difficult time. Um, but as I said, we're, you know, we, we sort through the issues and we talk about them. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's the challenge is, adapting in ways that make us stronger, um, but not fundamentally changing the the goal and what we're able to provide for our institutions, our student athletes, our coaches, our administrators, and, and our communities.
0: I think that that's a beautiful piece here. Speaking with Jennifer Heppel, the commissioner of the Patriot League and and, and what you said, you know, just making sure that as you grow and as you blossom and as you evolve, you don't lose your identity. And, and that's, that's something that a lot of organizations do. I mean, everybody has to grapple with that, but some lose that, right? They lose who they mm-hmm. are. How, how does the Patriot League continue to grow and evolve and respond to change? and? And with everything going on that we'll get into, obviously, NIL and the Transfer Portal and whatnot. But as as there is a different kind of environment of collegiate athletics now, when you see that, how do you keep your identity in an ever-changing world? Because that, to me, is is one of the most difficult yet... Uh, most respectable things when somebody can do that and an organization can do that is say, hey, in 1986, this is who we were. And yeah, we've grown and we've blossomed and we've evolved and we've changed certain things, but we've never lost this. What are those things that you feel like this conference has always hold, held on to? And do you find it difficult to hold on to who you are in this ever-changing world?
1: Um, I, I, think, you know, I think what we do is precisely wait <laughs> what you just detailed which is okay here are all these new issues or opportunities um, or perhaps future unknown challenges each of them prevent you know presents um, a uniqueness um, and we look at it and say okay here is Here is this issue. Here is NIL. Um, How are we going to embrace this opportunity for our student athletes in a way that is not contrary to who we are and have always been as a league, which is we are committed to providing top academic athletic experience and graduating individuals that go out and make meaningful contributions to society, right? You know, that's at the end of the day, how do we use something like NIL to enhance what we're providing and what our goal um, around how we conduct college athletics is?
0: That coming once again here from Jennifer Heppel, the commissioner of the Patriot League. We are here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe kubal Studios. We've spoken on identity, those full time members, uh, American University there in Washington, D.C., Boston University, obviously in Massachusetts, Bucknell University in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, Colgate University in Hamilton, New York, very close to my hometown. Uh, College of the Holy Cross, and I know this from experience having a best friend that dated somebody from here. It's not Worcester; it's Worcester. So I do know that. Uh, Lafayette College from Easton, PA. Lehigh University from Bethlehem, PA. Uh, We have Loyola University of Maryland out in Baltimore. The U.S. Military Academy, a.k.a. Army from West Point, New York. And of course, the U.S. Naval Academy, uh, Navy there from Annapolis, Maryland. When I mentioned those names and we speak on those full-time members. When you hear that, what are the things that you're most grateful for? The maybe moments or words or something that sticks out to you. When I say American, Boston, Bucknell, Colgate, Holy Cross, Lafayette, Lehigh, Loyola University of Maryland, the U.S. Military Academy, and the U.S. Naval Academy, all of those together inside of the Patriot League, What are some words or maybe a memory or two that makes you sit back and say, hey, you know what? This is who we are. This is what we're about. And this is what gets me so energized every day when I come to work.
1: Yeah. Wow. Because as you went through through those schools, I'm just sitting here smiling. Um, You know, they're they're just such great institutions. but they are very different. You know, you, there are two service academies. There are two Jesuit institutions. There's Boston University, which is, a, you know, AAU research institution. And then there are the smaller um, smaller schools with no graduate school programs um and then mm. smaller private with graduate programs so you know we we do represent a sort of remarkable breadth of uh institutions uh but it's uh again it, it it comes back we are together um as an athletic conference but even the differences of those institutions the the commonality with which uh we we approach athletics and that's what and that's what keeps us together. Um, so I, I can say, you know, what are thinking of instances or you know memories? It's it's going to games. It's going to championships. Seeing student athletes that have competed against each other for for four years um, and have have created relationships, rivalries, friendships. Um, that are that are having similar experiences on their campuses and seeing them talk to each other, sometimes during the game, but you know more often before or after. Uh, you know, coaches, coaches that are incredibly competitive, but at the end of the day, make decisions that are in the best interest of the league. And I, I would say that at all levels, from coach to administrator to, to the president.
0: You know, and in, in, as you mentioned, you know, having some Jesuit. Uh, schools there and and i have one in my backyard of uh, Lemoyne moyne college that's currently mm-hmm. in division two what can mm-hmm. you say about the jesuit model and and what that means to you and and just what it means to the country because you know there is a small number of jesuit schools and, and they found a, a lot of success as well over the years yeah
1: and and it's um you know it's interesting i i well i grew up uh, I grew up outside of Washington D.C. and so through um, through Georgetown, and I'm a you know mid I'll date myself, but I'm a mid '80s high school graduate, so I was right there when uh, Georgetown had some of its uh, early biggest successes, and I think that's what really kind of introduced me to to that connectivity uh, with athletics at at an institution like Georgetown. And then I was fortunate enough to work there for a few years. And that's where I was really exposed to that model of... of education, and then you know, coming back to the Patriot League a number of years later. Actually, the uh, the, the president at Holy Cross at the time had been a vice president at, at Georgetown, so it was it was nice. It's a little bit of a family, you know, <laughs> you get with the with the Jesuit schools, um, and to be able to reconnect to him. But what I've really appreciated is that that commitment to the total person. Right, you know, it's it's the it's the mind, the body, the the spiritual connectivity, and um, that being being um, you know successful in any one of those areas will will help the other, you know, and and you become more complete and stronger, and that that commitment to the development of the whole person.
0: And when you look at the development of the whole person in college athletics today and you know you look at the student student athletes and I mean the student body in general when we look at a student the student athlete and we look at name image and likeness in the transfer portal when we're trying to build an all-around person there's a world that's been created with name image and likeness that can be very individualistic there is the transfer portal that became that can become very individualistic there are benefits to it Right, a coach can sign a contract and leave five minutes later, and student-athletes are saying, well, why don't we have freedom? There's the notion that a coach could have handed you a sheet and said, okay, if you're going to transfer out of here, you got to sit out a year, and here's the 20 schools you can't go to, and maybe right. five of those 20 are the only schools recruiting you. And that name, image, and likeness, NCAA is a billion-dollar industry that says it's non for profit, and they make money off of the student-athletes, but the student-athletes didn't have a way of making money for themselves. So, There are benefits to this, but it creates a very individualistic world and a society that has already, at times, seemingly leaned on me and not we. How do we build the entire person collegiately now amidst a world where we're trying to show them how to live in an interdependent world and individualism seems to be running amok right now yeah well
1: i you know i think that that is sort of the beauty of um athletics and and team is that if you can't do it in our environment where you truly are in a situation on a daily basis working with professionals who are are teaching individuals about the you know the value of the whole and that you know every piece together comes together to create a team that is going to be stronger than any of its individual components and coaches know that right it's it's what it's what we do in athletics is we teach the importance of of team. And you have to support at times the individual within that. Um, And there, I don't, um, you know, a little glass half full approach here. Um, we're, we're, this is, there are new challenges that we're dealing with right now, but I do believe that we will figure them out and it'll settle down a little with some time. I think, you know, you talk about the individualism right now. I would also add to that this sense of immediacy, right? Like, it, it, it's not not everything is going to happen in in 30 minutes right. um, so let's 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 take the necessary time not too much time i do work within the ncaa you know, mm-hmm. structure and i will say we can be overly bureaucratic and slower than an ocean liner in turning so not typical um, but but let's you know, we are fully equipped this is what we do we build teams and we compete um, and and this is all a part of doing that and and creating the indi- you know supporting the individual through that um, name image and likeness transfer opportunities these are important changes um and these are important benefits and opportunities that that student athletes are gaining and it took us too long to get to this point um so therefore it probably seems really quick and we are focusing on the negative and the bad um but i think it's an overall positive and important um shift that we've made
0: so we look at name image and likeness aka nil and we Mm -hmm. look at the transfer portal jennifer for for you what are we hoping to accomplish With this, like you said, uh, people focus on the the negatives. You know, you focus on what goes wrong. The transfer portal is considered by some to be collegiate free agency. The name, image, and likeness side of things has more questions than answers. And some have connected it to the wow, wow West that there are good pieces of these both, but there needs to be more of a centralized group of rules and regulations uh, that each state or each team shouldn't be different. How how do we move forward and, and, and take NIL and Transfer Portal, make it good? Like, What do you think they're supposed to be and how do we get them to that? So how would you define what you think NIL and the Transfer Portal are supposed to do for college athletics? And, and how do we get there?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I, I think NIL um, is, I think the potential there is, and, and the value is for student athletes to benefit from Um, and engage in activities, you know, benefit from, you know, benefit from their name, image, and likeness. Which, by the way, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we weren't even really talking about that much. 20 years ago, maybe a little bit. Um, But culturally, we've changed. Uh, And and so this is the great opportunity for us to catch up uh, from an athlete, you know, from our student-athletes benefiting from it. And that's it's The opportunity is to engage in activities they're they're passionate about, um, and and to benefit from that. I think sure we've seen the crossing of the line. Probably, um, you know, I read I read the newspapers, so I my knowledge is not inside knowledge. I'm reacting to what everybody else is reacting to, and sometimes it's good information, and sometimes it's not so good information, um, but. Does there appear to be you know recruiting inducements, pay for play? Sure. Um, those have been things that we've never embraced in the Patriot League, and we're not going to embrace them now. But do we support educational opportunities? Um, and for our student athletes? Absolutely. Do we support their involvement in social entrepreneurship, in charitable and service activities? Absolutely. And those are the types of NIL activities that um, we would support from the institutional level, from boosters, alums, supporting student-athletes in those types of activities. I think that's the great opportunity.
0: How do we corral this a- as it's, it's already out there, right? California mm-hmm. came up with a state law and they said basically, hey, we're going to allow name, image, and likeness so the schools within our state are going to be able to do this. And then at the time, I believe there was like nine states that had agreed to have some plan in place, 41 other states. Some of them maybe didn't agree with. Name, image, and likeness, some of them needed more time. How did we get to a place where the NCAA said, hey, there's 50 states, not all of you have have put into law that you're going to do this, but we're going to test it all out this year. How, how does the NCAA, I mean, seemingly... Kind of looked like it was a, a federal government move, saying, "Okay, well, there's states' laws, but yeah. we're going to go ahead and jump past all that, make every state do it this year, and then we'll figure it out." How did all that come about, and and is there a legal side to that that the NCAA had to be leery of afterward?
1: Oh, i yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure to all of that. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not counsel to the NCAA. I think that. Um, you know, we have seen it's not just in NIL, we've seen much more engagement um, in college athletics from a variety of entities, whether it's at the state level or Congress or plaintiff lawyers. I mean, th- these are that's just part of the, the changing world. Um, you can break down NIL and say, look, this is something you own, your name, image and likeness. I own mine. Um, why shouldn't a student-athlete own his or hers? Uh, And and in that regard, to me, it doesn't make sense that they wouldn't. You know, a student-athlete wouldn't be able to own and benefit off of their, their own NIL. And then we try to, you know, to a certain extent, you're trying to fit it into this very confined traditional space of college athletics that has not put power in the hands of the student athletes Um, and there's conflict there and I think we're appropriately shifting and I I don't you know I don't have a great answer right now Um, I think we're getting through it I think it is um, at the end of the day it is the right thing to do and therefore we owe it to ourselves to manage through
0: coming here inside of the Commissioner Central series uh, here with Jennifer Heppel, the Commissioner of the Patriot League on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Jennifer, I, I know that you in your time in leadership have worked with making sure that uh, concussions are spotlit, that there is a conversation about them, that there is something uh, to be looked at as far as making sure that we're protecting people not just today but down the road. What can you say about maybe where that is and you know there's there's this there's this unique world and I was just having this conversation actually earlier today. There's this unique world of, you know, hey, I'm a football fan and I have friends that play football and I'm worried about their future. How how do we move forward when it comes to concussions, and what can you say has led to your passion of making sure we are ahead of the curve in trying to not only play a sport that we love, but to make sure that those playing that sport are going to have a, a good quality of life, a great quality of life afterward?
1: Right, and and I'd say it's it's beyond just football. It's it's sports. It's right. sport in general. Um, I think what's been the most important is is the the research um, and the conversation, the fuller understanding of of what um, what the risks might be, um, what the benefits might be. You know, nothing that we do is in life is risk free. Um, that being said, we have a responsibility to create the safest environment possible. Um, as we, as we conduct sports and, and that comes through research and I'm, I'm very you know, grateful for the research that is being done, uh, worldwide and in this country and, our, and on so many college campuses in, in trying to create the, the safest, um, environment and rules, whether they're playing rules, you know, it it comes down to when you talk about sports, we have kind of different rules. We're used to talking about, as we were just talking about NIL, you know, we're used to talking about recruiting rules and eligibility and pay for play. They're also playing rules, you know, and they're rules around um, how often and how long you can practice and, and how the game is actually played. And all of those come into the conversations around medical safety and so there's 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 been advances i think it has um challenged us to adapt very quickly when information is is learned um and to be able to make changes to our structure which we've been able to do uh and then also the importance of uh, the medical authorities on our campuses and supporting their their decision making
0: you speak um the medical side of things, right? The advisory groups and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's been, you and I were talking a little bit off the air about this, you know, calm, not too much going on. It's not like a commissioner is dealing with NIL, Transfer Portal, uh, Transformation Committee, an NCAA president who is sh- shifting out of office, looking for the future. What's the NCAA going to look like? There is obviously a reclassification and realignment going on as well. And amidst all of this, you know, no big deal, just a tiny little pandemic. How have you... <laughs> sat in that chair
1: leading into a question I'm not going to be able to answer right? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I, it feels too big
0: uh, well and that's <laughs> and that's the thing is as a commissioner right you know you have the day-to day right you're, you're you're looking at all the different things that are going on with your student athletes, with your coaches, with your institutions, with your office itself, with, you know, the greater world of the NCAA. I know you've worked with different committees and have been a piece of different things. So you're seeing the the picture of your conference. You're seeing the bigger picture with all of this other stuff thrown into the pot. How does a commissioner or executive director of a conference even begin to sift through the, Mountain of paperwork in a world where we're trying to figure out where to go next as a society, as a country. And amidst all of that, the NCAA says, hey, you know what? I think we need to draft a new constitution and figure out who we are. How do you tackle today's world of sports as a commissioner when it is so? it's not like there's a big issue and then a five tiny ones. There's like 25 big issues. How do you even begin to go through the paperwork on your desk?
1: Yeah. Well, um, well I was a history major, so I'm used to reading a lot. Uh, (laughs) uh, no, in, in all seriousness, it's for me. And I, and I do think there's, there's no one way to do this. um, and I don't have all the answers the way that I work is that I I read a ton um and I take in as much information as I possibly can and I have a lot of individual conversations um you know and this is again it's it's a little bit more unique to my work style but I I like to talk to people individually. I find one-on-one that people um, will will test out thoughts. um, And pretty soon after you've talked to 10 people individually, you realize, huh, here's the consistent theme of what I'm hearing from everybody. And this is what I need to collectively share with the group because they're all there individually. And that helps us move forward as a group. Um, Or I hear the same question and the same panic and stress from 10 different people. And I go, holy, you know what? Um, I better help people figure this out. I better figure out who to talk to, who to put in front of them, who to give them as a resource, uh, what to give them as a resource to help move through this particular issue
0: when you sit down with the leaders of of your conference and you sit down with these institutions and and really try to hash things out and and look at the future there's the notion of deregulation and Mm -hmm. the reality that you know we talk about National government, state government, whatnot. Uh, there's the reality that that maybe this national government, quote unquote, of the NCAA is going to say to their states, aka the conferences, you guys figure it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you feel about each conference being its own island in the greater scope of collegiate athletics?
1: Um, I think in general it is a good thing. Um, I think that it will help us narrow down and really focus on the issues that we truly need to regulate nationally. Um, and I think there's there's a lot of debate to be had around what those are, um, but conferences, we are not all the same. Um, we conduct college athletics, um, but, but we're, you know, we're slightly we're slightly different. Um, and that is it's you know it's an opportunity to really show who we are and to give student athletes as much choice as possible in deciding where they want to go um, and what type of experience what type of athletic and academic experience they want to have. It's going to be difficult, right? It's going to be difficult for us to decide what our, you know, small set of priorities, so to speak, at the national level, because we are all very different. Um, So I I think, you know, I don't have the answer, um, but I think it's, I think it's a process we need to go through. And I do think we need to decentralize. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a necessary part of where we are in the larger landscape of managing some of these challenging issues.
0: So in in a decentralized model, how do you stay together? How do you g- compete against one another in a, in a world of decentralization? how How do you, as each conference say, okay, this is how we're going to tackle the issue, and we're all different from each other, how do you find a way then to all coexist? Or do we see the dissolving of the FBS and the FCS and now Division I may become more factions, may become more change? We know the FCC has 16 schools when Oklahoma and Texas come in. We know within the autonomy group, there's three conferences that have a group within the group, which is the joint alliance of the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC. We have the conversation of the quote-unquote Power Five, the quote-unquote Group of Five. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there, there's there's a, it seems like there's a, basically the NCAA, when it comes to football, to we'll use that as an example, I feel like I'm in a cafeteria and everybody's eating the same off the same menu, but they're all sitting at click tables. So how do we how do we go forward if if we deregulate, if we decentralize, how do we figure this thing out and and continue to compete against each other? How how do conferences say, this is what we're gonna do on our own and this is what we believe? And then still have the spirit of competition and can still figure out bylaws that are going to work within everybody. So how do we take care of, of of us, of a conference? And and then how do you, if you decentralize, then how do you come together and say, okay, these are the things that we're all going to be the same at. These are the things that we have to have when it comes to competition against each other. But these other things we get to keep to ourselves.
1: That's going to be our great challenge, Right. Um, you know, you, you may have, we're ever evolving, you know, college athletics looks different today than it did 20 years ago, than it did 20 years before that. Um, and it's going to look different in another 20 years. Um, and it may look different in another five years, but I'd argue it, it looked different five years ago too. Um, or I guess I'll say seven years ago when cost of attendance first came in. That wasn't all that long ago, right? But it feels yes. like it, you know a few generations. Um, that's that's going to be our challenge. Um, but I think what the conferences that will succeed, and this is where you could continue to see to movement and transition and institutions aligning with like institutions in terms of whatever this new world looks like and around areas of, you know, what are we, are we paying, you know, are we as a conference, not we being the Patriot league, but would a conference say, look, we're going to revenue share.
0: Yeah.
1: And another conference say, we're not going to revenue share. Um, and then the next question is well, then, do those two conferences still want to compete against each other?
0: Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, that's what we're going to work, that's what we have to work our way through.
0: Coming here from Jennifer Heppel, the commissioner of the Patriot League, inside of our Commissioner Central Series on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Jennifer, before I let you go here, uh, taking a look at some of the things that that you've done, uh, and when we talk about this bigger scope, uh, serving within the Collegiate Commissioners Association, the CCA, uh, including as chair of, of the Football Championship Subdivision, F- a- aka uh, FCS Commissioners Group, yeah. Yeah. and the CCA twenty two, the FCS and Division one subdivisions Commissioners Group, uh, also as the FCS Commissioner representative to the NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel from twenty seventeen um, you
1: know, to twenty twenty. You I passed that torch.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: my good friend Joey D took the baton on playing rules oversight panel yeah so
0: <laughs> but I but I got it but you yeah. know having that and then and then having the CCA I mean I've heard about the CCA over the last few weeks <laughs> you know I, I know I know the NCAA playing rules oversight panel which yeah. you didn't sound all too excited about having to give up and and obviously I'm being facetious but <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a great group, <laughs> <really is. laughs>
0: but but looking at what you've done with that and the and the Collegiate Commissioners Association, what can you say about um, all of this? Because I, I know other people that have been involved as well, or are are involved right now, that uh, definitely feel the the workload and and the intensification of their job and being a part of these things.
1: Oh yeah, I mean from a purely from a personal standpoint. Um, and I think we all, regardless of our, of our profession, um, the last few years have, have really tested us, um, as, as, as people, um, as families, as friends, as professionals. Um, and I so rely on, um, my friends, my my colleagues commissioners. uh, And there aren't many of us, you know, there are only 32 of us, which is not a large group on the the division one side there. And we know each other. And we can pick up the phone and we can talk to each other and have good, good just conversations as professionals and as friends and know that we're there to support each other. Um, and so from a very personal level over, especially like, you know, right in the middle of the, the pandemic, just being able to, you know, pick up the phone and scream and then hang it up. Um, <laughs> like, okay, thanks. That was therapeutic. Um, but <laughs> I like, think a little bit of, of what can get lost in understanding is what a tight knit group we are um and and I'd say that about college athletics um it's I've it's this has been a almost 30-year career for me and um I some of the some of the friends I met my first year are still some of my closest professional friends and we've each had maybe five or six job changes during that time um yet here we are and we might be you know sitting in a commissioner room together um, and you've got that 30 years of, of shared experience to, to, rely on. And that's, it's why I love doing what I do. Um, it's the people you work with people who love what they do and want to do the right thing and the best thing. And I, I believe we'll figure it out.
0: How do you handle the heated conversations? The, the, the screaming call, this is how I feel on the hangup, you know, how, <laughs> How, how do, and, and by the way, when you mentioned that, I was like, oh my God, I want to be in that room. So, I mean, like I yeah, want to be, but I don't want to be, I want to be in the room because I want to, I want to be a fly on the wall, but I don't want to be in the room because I'm like, what does this mean for us? So how, how do you, how do you do, I mean, because you do, you get to a point where, you know, somebody's going to say something and someone's going to go, you know what? I've had enough. I'm done with this. This is how I feel. And so, you know, we, we know that there's different personalities and in any walk of life, I mean, for goodness sakes, you, when you're in high school and you get put in a group of five, you know, there's somebody in that group that doesn't want to do anything, or maybe maybe they, they have a totally different vision than everybody else and, and they feel ganged up on and they don't want to help. So how do you handle being in a room where there is that phone call and it is a it is a a very swift thought, and and then the phone goes beep beep beep, and that's it. I mean, how how do you handle those moments? <laughs> um,
1: uh, yeah, so it's um, you know, it's always it it, it it's um it, it's interesting, but it's um what am I I'm, I'm searching I'm searching for the right words here because i'm still laughing it's you know it's like i think one of one of the great things is that we accept and support honest expression you know expressions and and conversations and at the end of the day i said it we're all different we're not supposed to have the same Perspective or outlook. Our conferences are different, um, so I, I wouldn't expect the commissioner of another conference to say exactly what I say or what I think. And and we are representing our conferences, um, and we're representing our universities, and and that's what we do. You know, I I I promote. The, the mission and vision of the Patriot League, but I also support the individual efforts and collective efforts of our institutions, and that's what we're all doing. That is that's just what all of us are doing is trying to support our schools, and it's not personal.
0: And in the world of of the Collegiate Commissioners Association, the CCA, when you have uh, you know commissioners in a room stating their case and whatnot, like you said, it's not personal you're trying to protect your institutions within your conference. How How do you think things are? I mean, do you do you believe that each conference is given the opportunity to be heard? Does it Does it seem bureaucratic at times? No, how, how? You're
1: getting into governance <laughs> now, aren't you? I am a little <laughs> bit.
0: A little bit into okay. governance. A little bit into <sighs> that.
1: Look, it, it is hard sometimes to feel like you have a voice if you don't have a seat at the table if you're not in the room Yeah. right i get that i i i'm you know right now the patriot league is in what i would call an off rotation from having a president on the division one board of directors um and so we don't have anybody in that room and and that you know, that on face value can be frustrating. That being said, I also understand that there can you can have inertia if there are too many people in the room, right? You 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 are not nimble if there are too many bureaucrats in a room. And so there's there has to be a balance there. Um, and if it means that we don't have a room because it's not just one person you know it's not just one president from 32 conferences you have other constituents that are you know need to be represented in the room it's important to have um student athletes in the room it's important to have faculty in the room um all of a sudden you're you know you could be pushing 50 people trying to make a decision yeah and now it's starting to look a little bit like Congress, right? Um, so <laughs> it's, yeah. they're, they're, I it's a it's a tricky balance. It can be frustrating to not be in the room, but I do think from a model perspective of governance and decision making, it is. It's you have to be able to trust the people that are in the room and making those decisions, which means you need to be able to work behind the scenes and know how to work behind the scenes and be able to talk to the people that are in the room and feel comfortable that even if they're not of your conference, you've been able to share your perspective.
0: No, that's, that's fair. You know, make sure if if you're not in the room to somehow uh, have those relationships where you can be, involved, right? You know, at least sit down with somebody and say, hey, you know, can can you bring this up? Can you talk about this? And then trust mm-hmm. comes in that they actually will, or that they I'm value sure. that and whatnot. I mean, it it is it is a difficult world. Like I said, there's groups within the groups within the groups, and it's created a, a very uh, strange kind of dynamic of the NCAA. Uh, amidst all of this, the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, is, is going to be stepping down in the not too distant future. And at the beginning of the pandemic, he came out and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, there is no czar in college football. I can't tell a conference or an institution whether or not they can play. So when he said that, it left a lot of people thinking, well, if college football is an NCAA sport, but it's not governed by the NCAA, then what is the NCAA president's role What would you like to see moving forward as we continue to look at, you know, the transformation process, the constitution and all these different pieces? What would you like to see from an NCAA president? Or would you rather like to see an NCAA overall ruling board, uh, dare I call it, you know, an NCAA Supreme Court justice instead of just a president? Yeah, wow. Um, You
1: know, I think it's, what I would like to see us do is to say what are the things that are most important to us Um, and then how do we effectively run govern whatever the word you want to use is and I think championships are important I think it's the the most important thing we do um, and so how do we sustain national championships what does that look like um, and what does it look like to have fair competition um, and what does it look like to provide a um healthy student athlete experience you know whether that's a physical mental academic um, experience and then, you know, once we figure out why we are doing what we're doing, I think the answer of how you govern it is easier. But we've got to, you know, we've got to figure out who we are first and who we are multi-divisionally or any, you know, division one, two or three or divisions A, B, C, D, E or whatever you want to call it. You know, who are we? And then i think how we manage ourselves might be a little bit easier to sort through
0: jennifer i think you and i at this point should sit on a board we should just start this thing how do we how do we who do we have to talk to and <laughs> to, i feel like the conversation here today is it's you know it's deep it's vast it's 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 a a very thick lasagna but it's mm-hmm. it's also at the same time we're digesting it we're talking about it um in, in closing here I do want to get back to the Conference of the Patriot League. You do have your associate members, uh, Fordham in football. You have Georgetown in football and rowing. uh, MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology in rowing. And University of Richmond in women's golf. Uh, Your thoughts on associate members with your full-time members? I know you have to do things in order to make sure that, you know, sports uh, continue to, uh, I don't want to say survive, but thrive within Mm -hmm. a conference, so... What can you say about that? You know that you have continuity of of your conference itself and your full time members, and of course you have your your charter members of Lehigh, Lafayette, Holy Cross, Colgate, and Bucknell. You have all of those. You have your full time members overall, but the role of associate members. What can you say about that kind of world that's been created in collegiate athletics? That you know, each conference kind of has to look at times and, and say to itself, you know, it may not make sense geographically, but we need to go find a, another women's golf team, or we need to grab somebody for rowing, or we, we really want to build this football model. What can you say to the associate side of things?
1: Yeah, it, it's a, um, it's a, it's a, it is an interesting conversation. Um, and probably each conference is a little unique and then each sport is also a a little unique and you have an overlay of conference priorities and um national sort of minimums that you need to meet in order to stay active as a champion you know a national championship sport so to speak the um you know number one for us is always going to be ensuring the strength of the patriot League and the the multi-sport conference that it is and then we look at associate members um and they really are they're they're associate members they are institutions that share our vision Um, and want to conduct those particular sports in the same manner that that we do. but then you also get to the very practical of, you know, we want to provide a championship experience, and if we only have five women's golf teams, um, we need to find a sixth member. Um, And so here's this great institution in the University of, you know, Richmond that looks very similar to us, it's just a little bit of a, you know, a little bit more south than our southern boundary. But golf is a sport that we don't do regular season competition in. You come together for a championship, yeah. um, and 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 so it made sense and makes sense in a sport like golf because of the way the sport's conducted. Whereas, if you you know, for us that would be more challenging in a sport with a double round robin schedule where you couldn't bus maybe down, you know, from our northernmost to our southernmost um, school where if that were the case. Um, and now we can, and, and that's, that's important um, for, for the type of experience that we're trying to provide is to keep the geographic footprint as tight as possible when you're talking about midweek regular season competition. And that's very different than a sport like golf right where it's a it's an end of the season tournament um and providing that championship experience and access to the ncaa championship um and rowing is rowing similar although both georgetown and mit are of course uh, within our within our geographic footprint um and the same for football so you can see it there right just the way that we have approached associate membership
0: yeah you know and and, and to make sense Of that and to have that and and you before coming to uh, the Patriot League you know had experience with Georgetown within the Big East and and of course uh, having experience with the Big Ten when you look back on all those moments and, and what you learned from them the Big East has evolved into what it is today the Big Ten is is one of the autonomy group members so When you look back on those experiences and you're working things out in the Patriot league, how do you pull back and say, you know what? I took this from here. I understood this from here. Maybe I I know what it's like to have a seat at the table when I was sitting here with the big 10. So this is what we need to do. Do you feel yourself in the Patriot league saying, Hey, because of my experiences and my knowledge and my wisdom within these worlds, I can now help the Patriot league to make sure we position ourselves correctly.
1: Um, I think so. Um, I I think the Patriot League is strong enough, you know, before I came in um, and after I leave at some point that they know who they are. And, um, you know, it's not it's not I don't need to remind them of that. Um, I think from a very kind of practical athletics administration, I can say you know, things like, you know, my experience is when you spend a lot of time in divisions yeah. and you don't compete against each other consistently, you lose that sense that you're in it together. Um, and over time, that leads to people sitting at the table that don't know each other. And that can be harmful to a dynamic.
0: lot of words.
1: That's my experience.
0: Um, Yeah, it it, it makes it makes, you know, perfect sense. And I I think I love the way you put it, you know, harmful to be in a situation like that. Jennifer, you have brought us to so many places here today. I honestly want to just like say, okay, you know what, Jennifer, you and I are going to meet Mondays at noon. We're going to Zoom call it. And we're going to figure this thing out. That's, that's uh, you know, let's have some coffee and let's hash it out. But
1: Okay, well, let's do it because that, that's good, actually, day of the week timing. The Transformation Committee meets every Tuesday. So if we do it Monday, we could just drop them our notes, and uh, we'll get this figured
0: out in no time. There you go. Jennifer Heppel coming to us from <laughs> the Patriot League Commissioner. Jennifer, I, re- I remember you, uh, you know, bringing, bringing that – Uh, you know, so much knowledge and wisdom. Also the, you know, the ability to have personality within all of this and the, you know, uh, levity to it as well. So I thank you for all the work that you're doing. And and I really do appreciate uh, the vast amount of time that you've allowed me in this uh, Commissioner Central series that's focusing on the Patriot League because I feel like I've learned so much. And and I hope that people listening and watching uh, feel the same way that, you know, we're having this honest conversation and, and we're looking into this world and, and you know, really getting that view into what it is, you know, not what we think it is, but what is going on. And I I, I love that. I love the sharing of information and to really just break it all down and, and you have the personality to do it. So uh, if you do want to have those Monday meetings, you, you let me know and I'll do what I can to make sure that we get this thing done and we do it uh, in a correct fashion. I will tell you I'm bringing comedy to it. So if the, if you're telling me that those NCAA <laughs> meetings get a little dry, I'm about to spice that up a little bit.
1: So. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. No, I all seriousness, thank you. Thank you for the, the time and allowing me, you know, the, the opportunity to engage in the conversation. It's um, you, you've asked some important, challenging questions um, and it's, I I do. I appreciate that. So thank you.